welcome to this episode of Special Unit 352, or SU352 for short. My name is Max, and this is my co-host, Peyton, and we became fast friends over our mutual love of Star Wars. We love Star Wars so much that we want to talk about it all the time, so we decided to record it. Today, we're going to be talking a lot of Star Wars news, and we're also going to touch on the latest episode of Star Wars Gallery, focusing on Luke Skywalker's return in the Mandalorian Season 2 finale. Peyton, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it's the weekend. That's <laughs> that's pretty much all I'm going to say about it. Um, we made it. We did week, it. <laughs> this, this week has been topsy-turvy. Um, just a lot of things in the irons, a lot of things in the works. Um, regarding, you know, different jobs and whatnot. Um but no, I'm I'm glad that's the weekend. I'm glad to be on the show again. Uh, how about you? I'm feeling the exact same. I am so glad to be sitting here talking with you over Zoom with a beer in my hand because it's <laughs> done. Oh my goodness! Yeah, the, uh, so, we've jumped through some, some hoops got? this week. What a beer! What do you got? Uh, <laughs> I've got an uh, an Erdinger Weissblau. A what? I got to oh. Vibia all the way from Deutschland. Oh, have you ever had um, a Hefeweizen? I really like Hefeweizens. Oh my god, it's it's a, it's very good. I okay was I promise this is a good story. So uh, make it brief <laughs> about Hefeweizens. Uh, I used to work at the front uh, at the front cashier register at a Walgreens that sold beer. And sometimes we had Blue Moons in, uh, which are technically a hive of... No, it was a... No, it was the Floridian. It was, they, This German woman uh, walked up and was purchasing a hive of Eisen. And she's mm-hmm. muttering under her breath. And I'm like, oh, I really like that beer. Because that's it's true. I, re- I do really like uh, the Floridian from uh, Funky Buddha. But mm-hmm. they're but she's like you, you put fruit in your beer. Why do Americans do this? Why do, it does not a hypervisor if there's fruit in the beer? And she just repeats that sentence the whole. Th- you cannot put fruit in a beer. Who does that? Wait, food or fruit? Fruit. Oh, okay. A hypervisor well, is made with oranges, but you don't mm-hmm. put orange bits in it in Germany. No. Yeah. Well. I mean, she would know. I mean, oh, she and it was yeah, such I a mean, fun thing. <laughs> I wrote, listen, dude. I wrote a paper on the history of beer, and I happened to have gone out. This was Oktoberfest a couple years back in Saint Augustine. I went out with a couple of friends of mine, had a couple of drinks, and I came back at, to my dorm at like 10 p.m. I banged out that 15-page paper within an hour and a half. Nice. And then we, I turned it in two months later after doing all the editing and all that other stuff. And I do a, um, the report in front of the class. And my professor, he was from Bavaria. Um, I, I forgot his name. It's hard to pronounce. Um, but he's like, this is a very good... Uh, Poor Peter, you'll have one problem though. I'm like, what's that, Professor? He's like, where are the samples? I said, Professor, <laughs> you know this is a dry campus, otherwise I would have had a whole tray of samples right here waiting <laughs> for you. <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorite yeah. things about living in living here in downtown Tampa, like I can't throw a <laughs> stick and not hit three breweries. It's so nice. And they all know each have other too. Had, yeah. Have you ever had that grapefruit beer from the Germany pavilion at Epcot? Yes, I have. Oh my God. Mm. I had that a couple weeks ago on a very hot, hot, hot day. Um, and oh man, did that feel good going down the throat. Hey, but um, listen, we got some news. Uh, we got about two weeks worth of news. Lay it on me. First of all, have you heard about this Genie Plus? Genie what now? <laughs> how they gonna Genie. how they gonna do my man Robin like that? Come on, man. 
What's oh, Disney sure doing not. now? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's called the Disney Genie, and it's built into the app. It's essentially a way to organize your day at Disney. Um, Genie Plus is their new paid fast pass. <laughs> what the heck is that? Is that you sound like a Dementor. <laughs> if I could do a crate um, dragon roar, I would, but I can't. Um, oh my god! So <laughs> it's fifteen bucks per day. Per, uh, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, per day. Um, now we'll get you the majority. Note that word, majority of the rides. All your classics, even some new rides. Um, hey, we're, we're lucky. Disneyland's version is 20 bucks per day. Um, That's that, that makes sense. I know. Uh-huh. Um, and at least we're not paying per ride like in Paris. Um, oh, my years, God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, eight or nine euros per ride. Depending on the time of day, and that's eight or nine euros per person per ride. Um, that's after the ticket. That's after like the six hundred dollar <laughs> ticket, right? Or yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much their tickets are in euro. Um, but here's what I'm getting at. Aside from Genie Plus, they call they have another tier called Lightning Lane, and these are rides that are not included on. Genie Plus. And they've said two of them so far. There's probably going to be a couple more. Two of them so far are going to be Seven Dwarfs, Mind Train, and Rise of the Resistance. So if you want to get on Rise of the Resistance, people, without going on the virtual queue, cough up some money for a fast pass. I don't know how much it'll be. But did, I want to. I want to get your Disney, on this right now. <laughs> how did Disney go to in-app purchases for a for a theme park? How did we get? <laughs> oh my God! How did we get to Temple Run? But the theme park? How is they don't have enough of our money? Come on, man. Well, apparently they need our money because this past week has been a terrible week for audio and animatronic figures. Um, apparently, Hondo Anaka stopped speaking during his little spiel at the beginning of Smuggler's Run and just kind of slumped forward. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the images uh, Ariel of... Was, oh, Ariel, was kooking, Ariel was cooking out. Uh, she was kinking out during her singing section. Um, Donald Duck fell over again in the Grand Fiesta Tour. Living with the land has been closed for a whole week. And let's see, what else has happened? The shaman from uh, Avatar. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the most expensive yeah. animatronic no, ever. Yeah, she went goo uh, goo. And I do I not want to beat that. Oh, Can you imagine Abraham being the manager Lincoln, on Abraham that? Abraham Lincoln, get this, get this. Abraham Lincoln fell uh, folded over. Oh, shit. Just after <laughs> the freaking hall president's. Reopened after a maybe a one, two, three, four, five month refurbishment. Oh, to add dude. Joe Biden. oh <laughs> man, are you oh kidding my me? God. Come on, Gerald. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's what you get for putting an understudy to work on Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> oh. oh my god, dude. I don't get it, I don't get what's happening here. Um, but here's my question to you. How much do you think this rise of resistance upcharge is going to be? You're saying it's going to be more than 20 bucks or less than 20 bucks? Because you know people are going to fork out that money. I'm going to say 25. Okay. That sounds about right. Um... And of course, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and Avatar Flight of Passage are going to also make that tier list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's insane. But speaking of Rise of Resistance, they've had the virtual queue open a lot longer this week. In the afternoon, the queue was open way past 1 p.m. And never before, they had a standby line. 
huh. no queue, virtual queue necessary, right up until an hour before park closed. Now, I don't know if this is due to people not being in the park for a couple weeks. I know people are freaking out about the Delta variant um, of COVID. But this also means, this also might mean that the ride has a serious malfunction and they're just allowing people to go on it, which is sad. Or also, like, the the long and short of it is that, like, after it's kind of lost its fizz, now that enough people, there's, like, a law of diminishing returns, right? So, mm-hmm. like... Uh, mm-hmm. less and less people are going to uh, search out the ride because of its novelty and because and like settle into like the average number of people that are going to continuously ride it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's true. But then why charge for a fast pass? If you already got a virtual queue. That's a good question. Like mm-hmm. if they're losing numbers on this ride. Well, <laughs> Important thing is, and this brings up something else. I don't know if you keep up with um, Josh Tomorrow at all. Uh, he's the park chairman, I guess, of the Disney Parks. He said a couple things a couple weeks ago that got a lot of people really mad. Um, it all had to do. It all had to do with people's willingness to pay for a ride like Rise of the Resistance if you go to Disneyland or Walt Disney World. And um, and this is the reason why they're bringing it there because um, you know because not everyone can get through the virtual queue and be disappointed. Well, guess what, dude? Uh, you knew this ride was gonna be popular, and you decided to have a low capacity for it. That's the problem. You can't fit enough people on the ride per hour. Yeah, it breaks down, but guess what? A capacity is part of the problem. Take a ride like it's a small world. You can funnel 3,500 people on that ride per hour. Yep, that's what it was built for. It was built for a shit ton of people. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no one is like, oh, man, I'm I'm only one of the... uh, I only get to be one of the 80,000 people that can ride parts of the Caribbean a day. Right, right. I mean, (laughs) and, you know, in two of those rides... Um, it's small world and um, here's our progress. They were built for the World's Fair. They weren't even built for, a, they weren't even put in a Disney park until a couple years after. And they funneled so many people through those attractions. I think it's, just, I think it's disgusting. As um, somebody else put it. Um, so I, I don't know what these people are playing at. I don't know why people are continuing to not speak up. Um, and I, I think most people that are complaining are, you know, I mean, I guess some of us pass holders. And I'm not surprised it's us because we are losing some perks. But, you know, there are people that will continue to pay for stuff like this. So there's nothing else we can really do about it at the moment. But we'll see how things go when Genie Plus launches later on this year. Um, let's see what else is happening. Uh, BB-8 has joined the the statues, the gold statues that we've discussed. Um, they have wrapped. They're wrapping up construction on the Galactic Star Cruiser. Finally, How, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I Nothing? I, I mean, wish it was going to be in my budget. <laughs> yeah, um, I wish it was going to be my budget too. This might be uh when we're fifty years old type of thing. <laughs> it's about where I'm at. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Um there is a trailer that came out a week or so ago on Star Wars Visions. Can you um you watch the trailer? Can you tell us a bit about the uh the so, visual? So Star Wars Visions. Uh <laughs> it, every time I've read a new article about it. They add two more adjectives. And mm-hmm. it started as uh anime. Uh so it's a uh the so like 
in anime, anime is just Japanese animation. Although, like, it kind of has its own... When I say it's a... If I say that something is a Disney movie, you kind of have an idea of what it's going to be. That's what anime is. Mm. They're... Uh, so like there's Chinese and Japanese and Vietnamese and Korean and you mm-hmm. and a, a couple in Malaysia companies that so, are they're getting really big. That it's, it's uh, a genre. So like right, and they all have your staples, I guess. Yeah, and then I mean, further yeah. further into the weeds with anime, mm-hmm. there is genres within anime. So like action. Mm-hmm. They, they don't half-ass action. Apparently, I'm swearing a lot <laughs> in this episode. Um, <laughs> so, when I say that anime goes Michael Bay, I need you to understand that Michael Bay has been on record to say that he watches anime for the fight scenes. I'm telling <laughs> And that got me excited when they said, oh, this is going to be a Star Wars anime, because I think, I'm thinking explosions, a million lightsabers, shouting and screaming about people they love, crazy rock solos in the background while everyone's fighting with lightsabers. That, that's mm. what I'm here to do. I'm Michael Bay, but a cartoon, mm. and it's Star Wars. I'm here for right, that. Right, right. Uh-huh. But they keep adding more adjectives, mm-hmm. and they're like, what? oh, it's a rock opera. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. so it's a musical now and yeah. they're like oh no it's going to be an anthology of where the jedi went after uh order 66 after order 66 and they're like okay and they're like oh <laughs> we well. have enough rumors about how many jedi survived right and so and it's going to be non-canon and like yeah. all of these other things it turns out that all of these adjectives are describing five different short films Star Wars Visions is a collection of short films animated by anim- by uh, anime companies, uh, production companies that are that don't have anything to do with each other, narratively or mm. otherwise. It's just they all are Star <laughs> Wars. Okay, and like they've just lumped them together and keep talking about them as if they're one entity, mm-hmm. and well, so it, it's doing them a disservice. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not wrong exactly. They are going to all be released in one sitting. That's fair. But what I mean is, yeah. is like, uh-huh. there's I a furry one. Uh-huh. There is there is a rabbit boy. That I, I assume the gender of this rabbit. I'm sorry. This anthropomorphic rabbit <laughs> holds a lightsaber in his hand and ignites it, and it's green. And there's a part of me, the weeb, uh, the weeaboo part of me, just goes, yes. <laughs> and it and it directly cut from okay, a rabbit has a lightsaber, cutting to like samurai, and then a samurai Sith pulls out an umbrella, and all of the spokes of the umbrella are red lightsaber blades and it just starts to spin and that's cool it's it looks like enter the matrix like the animated matrix movie but Mm -hmm. star wars Mm -hmm. also there was one that looks like it's from kyoani uh kyoto Mm -hmm. animations which is one of my favorites Mm -hmm. and it is and their the way that they did it was it was little anime girls fighting with lightsabers and Mm -hmm. it is screaming and like launching each other off like jumping like it's dragon ball z off of the side of star destroyers to fight each other and i am here for that let me tell you i am the demographic for this thing i am i'm here for it and i understand that it's not everyone's thing and it's not going to be successful but i'm here to say Mm -hmm. i'm here for it so you're gonna watch it (laughs) And then you're gonna give us your two cents on it. One hundred percent. Okay. Well, if it's five shorts and that drops on a Wednesday, you could probably just touch on it on that episode, most likely. Oh yeah. Um let's see. I think that's almost about it. There is some uh Halloween merchandise that dropped at Disney World. You um you're you can buy, um, I guess there's a Din Djarin costume for wheelchairs, people in wheelchairs. And That's um, cool. the, wheel- the wheelchair is the Razor Crest, and there's buttons and lights and stuff on it. It looks pretty cool. Um, so if anyone has a wheelchair, they can go around with um, 
in the Razor Crest this Halloween with with the child with Grogu, I might add. Um, but that's pretty much it. And if we pass over anything, my apologies. Um, all this news is on our Facebook page, and if you want to reach out to us in regards to this Genie Plus. Even though it's not all Star Wars, um, be my guest. You might get some rants from the both of us. I don't personally care because I don't use Fast Pass, but I know many people do. Um, I guess my just my big bummer with this is the more virtual cues they add, the less I can use my disability pass because I can't use it with Rise of the Resistance. They won't allow me, and I can't use it with Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Um, but I believe we have a very special episode tonight. Yes, we do. And it's going to be a bit different from our regular episodes because this is more of like a roundtable discussion type of thing. But there are a couple interesting facts about this. And I'm going to let you go first, Max, because um, it was some of it was rather visual. I wanted, I want to know what you got out of it. So, what it was is it was a lot of discussion about uh, my favorite part was how the rest of the people in production found out that it wasn't, uh, found out who it was going to be. So, Mm -hmm. they were talking about uh, Filoni and, oh my god, what is his name? Uh, John Favreau? John Favreau, they were both mm-hmm. talking and they were like, they, and Filoni says, it's, it's, it's not rare that we, that Filoni and Favreau agree on things, but what, mm-hmm. but when we do, mm-hmm. we, we know. And mm-hmm. what the only, the number one person, the top of the list that we, we as our own audience would trust Grogu in their care. Would be Luke Skywalker. Would be mm-hmm. Luke. And mm-hmm. so they said they reached out to Mark Hamill. And in the meantime, before Mark Hamill said yes, um, and like while they were working the script and mocking up the scenes for the rest of it, uh, the rest of the finale episode, they were talking about it. And it was written down that it was Plo Koon. Which um, is Dave Filoni's favorite character, by the way. It is? Yes, oh, it is. He's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> I love Plo I like Koon. Him. I like him, too. Um, I don't know much about him. I know I know a bit of him from the Clone Wars. I know he got blown up. Sorry. Rip. Um, <laughs> I learned a bit a bit about um, his species. Keldor. Yes. And... Some of the force abilities they use, um, at least in the old legends universe. Um, yeah, we haven't really touched on Keldor in yeah, the new it's, canon. It's it's different. Um, I know they use a force ability called the White Current. I may be wrong about them using the White Current. No, no, not the White Current. That's some that's another force sect. Um, but they use some sort of White Lightning. Or green lightning, or I don't know some some sort of lightning technique that's different from the dark side. And I know Luke mastered this ability when he and his non-canon now at the moment uh, son Ben retraced Jason Solo's steps across the galaxy to learn why he fell to the dark side. Um, and if anyone's interested in that book series, uh, it is called Fate of the Jedi. Nine part series. Uh, I loved them. I was really bummed that they weren't going to continue with any of the after after threads of the series. If anyone has read them, they know what I'm talking about. Right, right, so. right. I think. Uh, I think the thing that really, that like, I wanted to make a Keldor in the in the Star Wars LARP. Uh, 
because mm-hmm. they were so interesting in the comic books and in the and in legends. Uh, mm-hmm. But instead, I made uh, my character was a devil, um, mm-hmm. which is the kind which was the 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 species of the thing that got their arm chopped off in episode four in the bar. Mm-hmm. The 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 werewolf looking dude, uh, the wolf man werewolf yeah. looking uh-huh. dude. It it wasn't yeah. really a cool werewolf. It was <laughs> yeah. It, it, it looked like a nineteen thirties werewolf. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't Remus Lupin, was it? No, it wasn't like a <laughs> decrepit, naked, uh, a wrinkly cat looking dog, <laughs> werewolf uh-huh. dog. Yeah. Uh, instead, it was, uh, they in the comics they mm-hmm. could, um, they could stop. They could vanta black their skin, their fur, and they yes, could just mm-hmm. stop emitting light, which is super f- cool. Um, yeah. but like. The thing, the thing I liked about Keldor was that like they were two syllables at maximum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plo Koon, uh, Keldron, uh, yeah, names like that. Okay. Yeah, super easy to remember. Instead of like, like my least favorite thing about Lord of the Rings was that the, the elven names felt like I was reading the Old Testament again. Like I was just reading the Torah, and. Um- <laughs> Yeah, well, Game of Thrones is, like, very similar. I mean, it's like, every time they say somebody's name, they always say the first and last name. You know, it's like, you can't just say Ned. You gotta say Ned Stark, or his real name, Eddard. I'm like, really, can we just say Ned? Do we have to say his last name every single time? We're there. We've seen him mostly naked. We're there, okay? Let's just... (laughs) Well, we're, not him. Not, we're, we're there in that relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um but back to the episode. So, uh Mark Hamill, one of my personal heroes, uh mm-hmm. is frankly he's, an an excellent person. Um he's really good with voiceover work too. Oh man! Did you know that he was the guy that's Roid in the bar in the first season? I did not, and I didn't when, recognize when, him in episode yeah. nine either. Yeah, when um, wait, in episode nine? Yes. Um, oh, when oh when 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 Mando shows up to Moss Pelga. Pelga. Uh, when Poe is at is like oh is like oh, oh, oh I wish I could repay you, and he goes win the war. There oh, you're talking about the rise of Skyfrash. Oh, that was the rise of Skywalker. That was eight. Wow, I've just blurred those together. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was actually referring to episode five of Mandalorian season one, the Gunslinger, when Din Jaren walks into the old Mos Eisley Cantina. Yes, and I... the drawer behind the counter said that the huts do not operate from Tatooine anymore. That was Mark Hamill. Yes. And uh, we also know Mark Hamill as Darth Bane in the Clone Wars. He was Darth Bane in the Clone Wars. Oh my <laughs> God! Yes. I'm uh, s- yeah. now I have to watch those episodes. I mean, I needed uh, to watch the yeah. Bane episodes anyway because I love Bane. Yep, 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 yep. He was there. So, um, yeah, Luke's. I mean, Mark Hamill's pretty good. I know he's read some. He, I know he reads children's books. I know, he, uh, so I know he does that. He I is. Have you ever, he have is you ever a read the uh, prolific what, actor? Yeah. Uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles. Have you read those books? He narrates those books. Oh man, that's cool. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, he was Fire Lord Ozai in Avatar: The Last Airbender. He mm-hmm. was Joker in almost everything since Batman the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um and I I've seen him in video games, I've seen him in uh anim- animated short films or animated series. Uh mm-hmm. his audiobook work is fantastic. His on-screen acting in The Flash is really good too. Like mm-hmm. he, he's got chops. He really, really yeah. does deserve the clout that he's been given. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel bad that like 
he's done so much good work and worked Fort- really hard. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, hey, you're Luke. And he's like, you yeah. want other stuff? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, people did the same with Carrie Fisher, but I don't know if she ever really did, really did anything significant. She, um, but, yeah. you know, maybe that's why Harrison Ford really wanted to be somewhere else. Um, but, you know, he got his death wish at the end, um, which he did wish for since episode six. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, I, I, I see, I see what you're putting down, and it's too bad that Mark didn't really have more clout when it came to, or not clout, but I'm surprised he didn't push back hard enough when he read his character in the script for The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. I think I think what they did with Luke made sense at the time time. to Mark. And also... I feel like if Luke was to go out with a bang, that would be it. Because he's still Weenie Hut Jr. Luke. Mm-hmm. And he'd like recede like I've I've heard enough apologetics about like about the sequels that like I could come around on what they did with Luke. And I could cer- I mean, I, from the beginning yeah. I've enjoyed Ray. I really mm-hmm. like Ray. Oh. I wish I think they filmed her wrong, but I love that mm-hmm. character. I, I mm-hmm. and I, I love, am only upset yeah. about the lack of lightsaber fights. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm <laughs> Yeah. Um, I loved Ray in The Force Awakens. I liked her in Last Jedi. I did not like her in Rise of Skywalker. I was really bummed out about the whole Snoke thing. I was really hoping to see something big with Snoke. Um, and not have Luke, to read like a Wikipedia page about him being a strand cast or something. That's the, Well, that, there was that a lot more information about Snoke in Wikipedia, and, um, and it seemed pretty cool. Um, I actually liked Doc and Broody Luke. <laughs> I like Doc and Broody Luke, and I love... That like, that's what he did. Like, but uh, I want to know. I want to know more about why he is dark and brooding. It can't just be Ben. I mean, I know Ben had a big part of it, and I know Luke had a part to play in that too. No, he but, went like he went existentialist. So like, mm-hmm. hear me out. So like, your life goal. Let's say your life goal was to bring back the Jedi, and you were doing it, and mm-hmm. you, you, your behind, your face, your hands, mm-hmm. you are the only thing to blame, you that. and your cowardice mm-hmm. are the reason why you failed. The, he mm-hmm. receded from the cool episode six I'm coming in with a black cloak and force choking everyone in the room, and, kind of Luke, yeah. <laughs> to mm-hmm. straight back to, but I was going to pick up some power converters. Like, it, mm-hmm. like he just goes back to, like, I'm just not, I'm not, uh, he unplugs himself from the universe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he doesn't yeah. think he, like, I still, mm-hmm. I... Mm, I'm still really upset about the episode about the scene where he throws a lightsaber over his shoulder. But, but that that's, is probably my least favorite scene. But like that's because that that's it, it. It's more significant than that. I mm-hmm. think that so much of like so much of Luke coming back. Like I think the Last Jedi was never about Ray. Not a single bit of it was about Ray. It was about the redemption of Luke coming back into his own and mm-hmm. the fact that he could. And, like, mm-hmm. that was the whole thing for me. And, mm-hmm. like, Ray getting power, Ray realizing that she is actually, like, God incarnate, like, that's a whole other ball of wax. But, like, <laughs> Luke had lost faith. He did. He lost faith in the Force. He lost faith in himself. And Ray comes mm-hmm. in and just touches the darkness, just like full swan dives into the dark side, comes back and, and he, is fine. He, yeah. And he, at some point, is jealous. 
because she went nose first into the dark side and is able to come out and be and choose the light and mm-hmm. he couldn't mm-hmm. he he couldn't replicate what he did in episode 6 he stared down the emperor the dark lord of the sith the darkest lord of the sith that has <laughs> sith to dark before and <laughs> and he never gets that high again Mm-mm. but he get he stays on that high horse like i was the one it was me and mm-hmm. when he falls short and he realizes that he's been on a high horse this whole time Mm-hmm. Just patting himself on the back for years. Mm-hmm. He is immediately full of regret. And he has no one to turn to. No guidance. Because everybody's dead. Well, he could have reached, reached out to the Force. But he cut himself off from the Force. Um, used to the least favorite scene in the whole episode was him throwing his throwing the lightsaber away. Um, yeah, because I love my lightsabers. Favorite- <laughs> My favorite, <laughs> my, I'm my a one note character. Scene, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, no. My favorite scene was Master Yoda's appearance in that whole <sighs> conversation. I think that redeemed after watching that conversation several times. I think that's the only reason why I watched the Last Jedi and the ending of the Last Jedi. Um, a lot of the stuff in the middle. I think that's why I dislike it. If a lot of that stuff in the middle was just taken out or shortened down, I think The Last Jedi would... It could probably be my favorite of the sequel trilogy. I feel like that was the moment where it was mask off. Oh, you thought this was about everyone else or about Ben Solo or something. No, yeah, this was about... What happens to a teacher when he doesn't have a student anymore? Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, give yeah. it to me. Man, that's some good yeah. stuff. That is the good well, stuff. I do regret that we never actually got a Han, Leia, Luke reunion together. That is one thing I do regret about the whole trilogy. I, I feel like that, I feel like that's okay. And I feel like that's purposefully okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think that's okay is because I think is because of one scene in episode nine. And it is the first time that we see the new trio, Poe, Finn, and Ray. Ray. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you now, in that 30-second scene of them leaving the Millennium Falcon and arguing and hugging and joking around with each other. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I could watch them have, I could watch a TV series of just these three characters hanging out. We don't have to do there anything. Be, we don't have to like mm-hmm. go anywhere. Mm, mm-hmm. It's so good. I didn't hear, I didn't hear a rumor about a Finn TV show, um, but we are really getting off topic. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to throw in? I just about love, this episode. I it it just felt so right. Like me too. So much I of do. it was exactly where it needed to be, and mm-hmm. I got goosebumps when I saw it the first time. Like everyone that was a part of it was freaking the hell out. I and was like, at three a.m. watching Mike. I sat up. I'm like, that's beep 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 Skywalker. And <laughs> I like, did that like over and over and over again. And for like, like 15 minutes. And that's how everybody felt on scene. Mm-hmm. Like one of the guys said it at the very top of this of that uh of the show episode. Mm-hmm. Like there are things that you that like you're working on Star Wars and there are things that you can't say. Mm-hmm. One of those things is Luke Skywalker. You can't yeah. throw that around willy nilly. You can't do no. that. Like no, 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 no. It I is. Mean, it's almost like big business. Anyway, and it's almost as big as a, a business when they revealed uh, Darth Vader as Luke's father in Episode Five, Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Um, and that's why they never said anything to David Prowse, the body of Vader, because Prowse had 
a knack of spilling the beans for everything. <laughs> like the new Spider-Man <laughs> um, kid? What's his yeah. name? I don't remember. He was actually banned from going to all events. Um, <laughs> even, even, even long after episode three. Like I think his last event was like like 2009. Now I I think he had some pretty non nice things to say about Lucas, mm. um, which was part of the reason. Um, here's my take. Um, little tidbit I picked up from what it sounds like. It sounds like Kathleen Kennedy under uh, knew about this from the beginning, and she was okay with it. Yeah, she was one of the people that were instrumental in pulling the strings to get so, in contact with Luke. Uh, with Mark so what was so it? Why? 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 Who? Who do we root for? Well, who do we believe? I mean, what is? I mean, if she's pulling, if she pulled the strings to get them in contact with Mark, that totally redeems her. I feel in my eyes. For me, it doesn't. But I also don't completely condemn her. I feel like when, I mean, when you are stare anyone, yeah. anyone uh-huh. that is pulling the producer role, mm-hmm. uh, you as a producer, your job is to make things happen. The director is the one that says, I want to do it this way, and the producer says yay or nay. When you are in a room with Filoni and Favreau, and they say, mm-hmm. I want to get in touch with Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. You have you have a choice, and that choice mm-hmm. is to either be awesome mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. But when Favreau and Filoni agree wholeheartedly about bringing back Luke, quotation, mother effin', end quotation, <laughs> Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> you have to realize the implications of this and you have to say yes. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way. Like okay. there's no way. Uh, well maybe she Yeah, well maybe this didn't I mean maybe this doesn't fully redeem her in my eyes, maybe now that I'm think that I'm listening to you. Um I definitely don't think that's redeemed her to the fans. And not everyone is gonna watch this documentary. Um. Yeah, it's, it is pretty issue, niche, which is why we're talking about it. <laughs> my my big issue is maybe she regrets that she allowed it. What? Oh, right, because of mm-hmm. uh, the fallout. Mm-hmm. So, what? I mean, I really don't know how to feel about Catherine Kent because I I swing different ways. With her, and it's mostly been in the negative, as you well know. Uh, yes. Shots fired on the first episode. Shots fired on the first episode against Kathleen Kennedy. So <laughs> my friends still, my friends still quote you. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yesterday was the first day that somebody said that somebody, uh, a friend of mine, read the said uh, <laughs> the whole intro to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh man so like it's oh man this is why we do it i don't like man so, i'm here for this right so here's my question to you then what is going on with kathleen kennedy now because i watch different youtube videos and reports and it never seems consistent Honestly, your guess is as good as mine. I, I, mean, I, I feel like we're all humans. We all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I am, I am not above. Uh, I am a firm believer in redemptive mm-hmm. uh, justice. I have, mm-hmm. a, and she I have, be. I have a big mm-hmm. bone to pick with cancel culture because, like, they instead of leaving room for growth they're like oh you did a bad thing that means you're a bad person forever mm-hmm. and like that's not <laughs> that mm. and i'm only I, bringing yeah i and, mean i'm only bringing this bringing this up because i've heard that she's out come october but i've also heard that she's still in come october so i don't know i have absolutely no idea i haven't heard anything um, from any official source i've mm-hmm. i've heard a lot of 
I've heard a lot of tweets about it. Yeah, that's about all I got. Um, oh, I well, I I can say this though. I do thank her for allowing us to have another glimpse of Luke Skywalker. Even if she does regret that, I'm not saying that she does, but if, even if she does, uh, that, you know, does now. Even if she does. <laughs> <laughs> Even if she does now, it's it's a gift to the fans. And I, I hope she sees that someday. Yeah. And I am uh I am a fan of the aesthetic of the High Republic. Mm-hmm. Um I've I only mean, yeah. I've only mm-hmm. read half of it. So I've only read half of one put, book. Yeah. Let <laughs> like certainly not the whole series. Um, but like the mm-hmm. lightsabers that are coming out of it and the cosplay that are coming out of it, it are beautiful and wonderful mm-hmm. and a wonderful addition to mm-hmm. Star Wars canon as a whole. I mm-hmm. firmly believe that. I just think that uh, there she stepped in it a bunch, and that's fair. And mm-hmm. she realized that she stepped in it a bunch and is stepping down. And mm-hmm. that well, it is her tech project. I mean, I guess she should step in there, but if she's tweaking things in Star Wars that should not be tweaked, like aspects of the Force and the Skywalker family as a whole that Lucas created, I would say leave those be. If you want to build on them, build on them. If you want to add some aspects to the Force, by all means, add aspects to the force. But if we get anything else, if we get anything else about Skywalkers, I'm going to be upset. Really? Unless it's a cameo. Unless it's like the thing at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2 where they're like, Luke shows up, takes a baby, mm-hmm. and leaves. That's what I'm here for. If I, if, <laughs> if like, if a major character. Mm-hmm. In your story about Star Wars is Darth Vader. I am very hesitant to read it because we have heard read have, or watch. The, uh, I really like the new Vader because comics. You know, I'm a big you know, fan of the Vader gonna, comics. We're gonna get some Vadering in the Kenobi show, and I'm here for that as well because, like, that's mm-hmm. about Obi Wan and like yeah. his relationship with Anakin. Like, I'm so here for yeah. that. Like, mm-hmm. his <sighs> wrestling with like, did I make the monster? Like, yeah. Oh man, I'm here for that. But like, and he's he... probably questioning Qui Gon too. Oh I mean, yeah. Qui Gon said he was a chosen one, and even you know, Qui Gon even asked Anakin in the Mortis episodes during the Clone Wars. He uh, Qui Gon asked Anakin if he believed that he was the chosen one. Now Anakin, of course, forgets this whole conversation, which I think is sad. Um, but, um, but Qui-Gon told Anakin that he believed that he was the chosen one and that he would bring balance. Now, Qui-Gon didn't specify how Anakin would bring balance. Yeah, no one, no, everyone forgot that bringing balance when the light side has won is bad. Mm -hmm. (sighs) They made their own villain. (laughs) Since you had, since you have your reservations about more Skywalkers appearing, I guess it's time to turn our attention to how you feel about Mandalorian season three, because I've been reading a lot that there has been, it's been, it's going to be Luke Skywalker. I wouldn't say heavy, but centric. Okay. I'm well, it's called the Mandalorian. I hope that we follow Din Jaren. No, no, I'm not saying that we won't, but, um, here's what I, think now because there's been a talk some discussion about them ending Mandalorian with season three with 12 episodes instead of eight okay um since they've been talking about the dark saber a lot yeah um then Jaren may try to take the throne of Mandalore he I think Could. in order to survive, I'm afraid he's going to have to. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a lot of flashbacks with um, a young Din Djarin. And somebody pointed this out to me, or I read it. <laughs> but Din looks an awful like a young Ezra Bridger. 
You don't say. <laughs> See, okay, okay, okay. I do Here, here's the here's the fallacy within that. So, like, mm -hmm. even in legends, and even mm -hmm. after legends, I think it's accepted that Mandalorians do not like Force users. No. Um, in legends, even a, they would even though they've had a Jedi that was a Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. It was a big deal, and they were really good, and, like, it was actually really badass, and, like, they didn't. Uh, they were like, mm. oh, that's too cool. We gotta cut that out as authors. <laughs> right. So, well, like, I think that, like, yeah. one of the big deals, like, mm -hmm. okay, so I'm gonna bring this back to the LARP for a half second. Uh, the big deal about the LARP was that, like, everyone wanted to be the coolest characters, and so mm -hmm. we got a lot of people that wanted to be Boba Fett, but with a lightsaber, and which is understandable. We're all here yeah. for that. We're all here to have fun. Uh, in Legends, this is we were playing before before the Disney times. Uh, Obviously, they, before the like, dark times. Before, before the, the Disney dark times. Empire. <laughs> 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 You're mine now. <laughs> I see oh, you. Sne oh boy, you're sneaking in on my copyright. Um. So. <laughs> so. Uh, so like, we had to. We. I literally had to research. Like, I literally had to tell people you can't be Mandalorian because they're like, why? Why'd you get to be Mandalorian? It's like, of the sixty people that are playing, eighteen of them are Mandalorians. We and can't rectify this for... within canon. Because, like, yeah. the Mandalorian, like, so, in Legends, like, the Jedi and Sith have been fighting since before lightsabers were a thing. And, mm -hmm. like, and, and so, like, mm -hmm. during, like, th and then there were, there were so many Sith Wars, and there were so many Jedi Wars, and then the last wars were called the Sith War, the Great Sith Wars. So, yes. like, the second Great Sith War was when the Sith found out that Mandalorians <laughs> exist, and that Mandalorians mm -hmm. like money. And so the Sith paid the Mandalorians to go pick off the Jedi. Exactly, which is why Mandalorian armor is what it is. It is made yeah, out of... It is exactly exclusively made but to fight it's not, Sith Jedi. It's not It's not unfollowable though. That's because true. Mace Windu was able to find the Shadow Point in Jango's armor, and uh, Jason Solo was also able to pinpoint the same Shadow Point uh, in the old legends. And but Mandalorians can work with Jedi on occasion. I agree. It happened a lot in Knights of the Old, Re the two Knights and of the Old Republic game happened, and Sotor. It happened when so Jason Solo, old canon, um, killed Boba Fett's daughter in interrogation. Uh, of course, this is a daughter who hated Boba Fett anyway because he walked out on her and her mother um, many many years before, but. In the book series called Legacy of the Force, Jaina Solo, Jason's twin sister, asked to be trained by Mandalorians to fight against her brother. So she had Mando training. Okay, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And she had to learn to practice without the Force and without a lightsaber. She had to practice with a Viper Blade, Beskar Blade. She had to wear armor. It was cool. It was actually really, really cool. I'm actually rereading the books right now. Um, but with all this discussion about Mandalorians hating Jedi, do you think Din Djarin is going to have secret thoughts and try and take Grogu back from Luke? I think he's going to... I think he's going to trust Luke. I do think that he's going to fall... He might follow Luke around, but he's not going to take... Mm -hmm. Grogu away. No. Because he, as an orphan, as a foundling, understands... He would understand. He would understand the, nece the necessity of found mm -hmm. family. And so, he's, he might, like, helicopter parent. He might be like Marlin <laughs> from Finding yeah. Nemo and be like, why don't you go play on the sponge beds? That's where I would play. <laughs> and, like, that's that might be where Din Djarin is gonna be, but, like, mm -hmm. I don't think he's ever going to, like, actually 
step in front of Luke Skywalker and be like, give me my baby back. Yeah. Because um, that, that doesn't seem like Din. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you, so are you okay with a, just a third season and not a fourth season if there is not going to be a fourth season? I'm okay with that. Honestly, my favorite Me part too. of The Mandalorian is that it didn't involve Force users for the most part. Well, here's my thing. They're going to have a lot of shows branching off of this. Ahsoka. Um, yeah. Not necessarily Andor or Kenobi, but it's definitely Ahsoka. Definitely Rangers of the, of the New Republic when that kind of goes back into, you know, production. The Book of Boba Fett is technically a Mando uh, season 2.5. That's how they described it. Um so far and Din Djarin is going to pop up in the book of Boba Fett at some point yeah definitely and Grogu I don't know why Grogu would pop up in the book of Boba Fett but everything has a reason I'm Um, I mm -hmm. am not the biggest fan of Boba Fett I I'm he's really cool but like Mm -hmm. out of all the people that cosplay I don't cosplay Boba like that's not my thing I, I really enjoyed him when he came back on screen for the first time since, well, see, I guess my my only issue with Boba is the fact that he had such little screen time in episodes five and six, and he was voiced and played by a completely different actor. And then you have a, a baby Boba in episode two. That we met. And, yeah. And then you, dad, tongue-wee's here. <laughs> um... And then you have Django Fat, which sounds completely different from Boba. And you have all these clones that sound like Django Fat. So then they go back and they redub old Boba Fett uh, to Django's voice, which is fine, but it lacked the menace that the original Boba Fett had. Um, and then, of course, you get teenage Boba Fett. But then we get. Boba Fett in Mandalorian. And yeah, he's a bit different. He's not what people expected him to be. But I think fans really enjoyed seeing him because yes. this was a character they were promised big things with in the original trilogy. And, and th- he turned about he turned out to be like this side character. And and, and this yeah. actor has been allowed to envelop uh, like develop mm-hmm. Like, she did the haka as Boba Fett. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mm-hmm. love Maori culture. The haka mm-hmm. is one of the coolest things that humankind has ever invented. Mm-hmm. It's cheerleading, but for men, and it's fighting. Like, I, uh-huh. it's just, it's no, just, yeah. oh, it's I, so good. I totally get you. Um, That's what I'm excited so, yeah. for the new Mandalorian. I want to see what this actor does with this character more than mm, I care more. what Filoni does with this character because I Wait, trust so him. You're, you're excited with the book of Boba Fett? Oh, yeah. Or Mando, or Mando season three? I am. Ooh, uh, I feel like I am slightly more excited about. The book of Boba? The book of Boba because. <laughs> it's of, different. Like within the only three episodes that we have, like what, like three episodes of Boba Fett being a Mandalorian? Yes. Like we have so many hours of interviews with the actor and Filoni and Favreau mm-hmm. talking about how important bringing Maori culture into the Star Wars universe was. Mm-hmm. And like that's super cool. And like, um, uh, Andor, oh, what is his name? I'm a terrible person. Oh, Cassian Andor. Oh, Diego Luna. Uh, Diego Luna is the actor that played Cassian Andor. Yes. So, and so Andor is the is the show, right? Which will be a twelve episode show. Uh, I believe the Book of Boba Fett will be only six episodes. Like the fact I, that they didn't, um, they purposely didn't tell him that you need to get rid of your accent. Like he has a Mexican accent. That's what. That that is his. That is who he is as a person, as an actor. Who Andor? Uh, the um, uh, the actor, and they were like, no, oh, Diego Luna. Uh huh. Yeah. Like I like I love him. I who's actually one of my favorite characters in Rogue One. Um, and I would love to talk more about this Andor series at some point. Um, but we don't even have like a big trailer for it, so I don't want to get too deep into the weeds for that. Speaking of the weeds, um, 
<laughs> We've we been in it for a hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have any final thoughts? Because I don't even know what our runtime is right now. Uh, it's bro. It's been <laughs> it's been a hot minute. Uh, <laughs> I I I am excited. Just as I've always been. Uh, if uh, anything, I am more excited for Star Wars Visions because I initially thought it was going to be a train wreck. <laughs> and now I realize that it's five right. different stories that they mm. were trying to talk about in the same sentence. And so, of course, it didn't. Yeah, loom. it didn't make sense to you. Yeah. So, uh, um, I'm so, here for that. Okay. So, before we wrap up, um, let's just uh, re- um, remind our listeners what the plan is supposed to be. So, um, uh, week. barring catastrophic failure, uh, <laughs> yeah, which um, definitely and, happened this week, uh, and that is not, and that is not limited to um, whether or not we have a Death Star appear in orbit above our planet with a megalomaniac about to say he may fire with ready. Ten, ten points for megalomaniac, <laughs> and for Slytherin, <laughs> and for Slytherin. I think so, that uh, uh, so our goal, barring catastrophic failure, is going to be we're going to record uh, on Wednesdays and upload Thursday morning. Uh, yes. If and if any of you are interested in watching uh, a live stream about that, or uh, and or watching the. Uh, I could certainly live stream editing it. Um, I've gotten a couple of messages from my friends, at, uh, local friends, asking like, hey, how do you do what you do? And uh, I will be more than happy to like continue a live stream and just mm-hmm. make it about how I make a yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, for those of you who don't know... Um, which I probably mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, we will be diving into the radio dramatizations of the original Star Wars trilogy. And we'll be, uh, we'll, we will, <laughs> I'm tongue-tied. <laughs> <laughs> um, me guys, what the piece of sand? We'll be tackling the first two episodes of, I'm putting this in quotes, Star Wars. Not A New Hope, just Star Wars. And this is going to be 13 parts. You can find it either on YouTube or via Audible uh, or your local bookshop uh, if they sell the audio version, which actually it is only an audio. Um, so if you guys are following... One of- <laughs> the audio version of the audio drama. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to follow along, um, we will be covering the first two episodes of that, which will be a win to shake the stars and points of origin. I, for one, uh, haven't listened to a lick of it yet as of 8-27-2021, and am more than excited to hear young, Luke, uh, young Mark Hamill do Young mm-hmm. Luke again. I'm so yeah. excited. Um, and it's very, very fun to listen to, you know, these actors because, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, you could still hear them in that voice, that young voice. Um, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher, who, um, of course, you know, we, we all miss her. Um, she did not voice Leia for this radio drama series. None of these um, dramas have her voice. We have a different actress uh, called Anne Sachs, and Anne Sachs actually does a pretty good job of a young Leia, or just, you know, Leia in general. Um, It's actually very interesting because A Wind to Shake the Stars is entirely from Luke's point of view, just to set the story up. It is in Luke's point of view, right before and during the capture of the Tantha V4. So we will hear about Luke hanging out with his friends on Tatooine in Tasha Station. And we will hear how he spotted some interesting space objects in the sky. So that's that episode. 
And Points of Origin kind of focuses on the original idea. No, I'm not original, but the idea that they had to take the Death Star plans before Rogue One came out. That's going to be fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, I hope you stop. I mean, I hope. Well, you can stop after episode two or you can keep going. I mean, it's hard to stop listening to those. Let me tell you. Um, but I believe that's all the time we have this evening. <laughs> yep. Thank you for listening in. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we do have a Facebook page at Special Unit 352. Our Instagram and Twitter are at SU352Podcast. Uh, hey, Peyton, what is our email? That is specialunit352 at gmail.com. That you can is... get with us and yell at us or vaporize us, um, even put us in carbonite. <laughs> I'm a stay-at-home dad. Please email us. I've got nothing to do. Uh, please <laughs> yeah. rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening <laughs> app because that will help us show up in the algorithms, specifically of Spotify. Uh, we look forward to talking with you guys, and guys, gals, and non-binary pals next week. And as Peyton always says, may the force be with you. <laughs>